This was an awesome weekend uh, in Washington on two counts. One, uh, the XP meeting, which goes without saying, and two, the opportunity to spend time with Nizyana Pol. Let's see if I can come up with the adjectives. Enthralling, engaging, captivating, clever, hysterically funny, brilliant, the consummate professional, an extraordinary presenter, and, and, and the accolades are unending. The topics were pet, osseoidentification, dentin autographs, and something that she calls the Robin Hood principles, which you'll have to see to understand it. Just she's just come up with a concept and how she describes it using shoes. Also had the opportunity to connect with Amit Benderman. Uh, he is the CEO, manufacturer, distributor of Kometa Bio. It, uh, it was an opportunity just to get a peek under the hood and find out what's there. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Amit Benderman. It's a, it's a really wonderful opportunity to talk to Amit Benderman. We uh, met uh, a couple times, but we really had mm -hmm. time to talk yesterday about Comet Bio, Denton Autographs, and the fact that you guys need to run towards Endodonis because we're going to be the standard bearers, the future <laughs> of Denton Autographs. Um, interesting story. Um, your dad is uh, did bone research at HSS. Uh, you worked with one of the people that was part of his team. Uh, was my daughter's mentor when she went to work there. Adele Bosky, right? Yeah. yeah. So it goes to show that the world is a lot smaller than we yes, think. Yes, that's right. COVID proved it, but I think it's always been the case. So the, the point of this conversation today, and Ciziana and Mia are going to uh, dazzle the world with their discussion on Sunday, I guess it is, of Denton Autographs. But you, on the other hand, um, you have nothing, started out with nothing to do with dentistry other than the fact that you were, you were your dad's assistant in his facility in Israel. You were involved in developing implants with him in the early days? Yeah, that was back in the 80s. Whoops, yeah, you're we, aging yourself, my friend. I know. Chill out here. <laughs> Yeah, we started a, an implant company that um, was uh, doing, we manufactured and sold blade implants, if you can Oops. believe that or not. Oops. Yeah. And after that, I left uh, the field of dentistry for quite a few years and um, then came back, uh, came back into it in around 2015. Well, your background yeah. there was uh, physics and chemistry, and then you did work with the uh, uh, Telecom companies, because you had your MBA, you were growing markets. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned something. I'm sorry, I don't mean to segue out of this. It sounds like I have ADHD. But um, Scott Gans and Lenny Linkow were really close friends. And when you talk to Scott, he says, nothing wrong with blade implants. You mm -hmm. know, like they work if you did it right. My dad would say he would say the same thing. Well, there you go. Right? Yeah. So, he, he worked with Linkoff as well. Did yeah. he really? Yeah. Always yeah. boils down to protocols and technique, right? That's Just right. no matter what you're using, if you know how to do it correctly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the wonderful world of Denton Autographs, which Ziana and Mia will talk about tomorrow. Oh, uh, no, today's Friday, Sunday. Um, but uh, I wanted to ask you about the history, why this made sense. I mean, it obviously makes sense. I don't think there's any question that it makes sense. You know, it's the ultimate autologous structure for teeth, uh, for bone regeneration. Um, but your dad somehow picked up on this ages and ages ago. He was a researcher. Mm -hmm. He right. began where? This was in Israel that he started doing his work. Yeah, his uh, research work started in Israel. Then he did the few, quite a few years at the NIH. And really? Then, and then hospital special, special surgery in New York. Wow. But it was also, it was all around uh, bone regeneration. Mm -hmm. That's his passion, you know, bone regeneration and figuring out how bone works. His lab, by the way, back, I think it was back in the, in the late 70s, if I'm not mistaken, was the first lab in the world to actually grow uh, bone cells in vitro. 
and uh, they published extensively. Probably, I think he probably has over 120 papers really? with his name on it. Yeah, so that's his passion. He's always been uh, passionate about the science biology of bone, of bone regeneration, but he's also a dentist. He was one of the first implantologists in, in Israel back, back in the days. Oh, so, he was one of the first. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been a groundbreaker on so many different levels. Standard bearer. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So so the, the the whole concept of doing auto like it's it's interesting when you think about it, right? Why are you taking artificial structures, xenografts, whatever, whatever? Why do that when you actually have a tooth that's workable and replaceable? Exactly. I mean it's crazy. You're taking a tissue, a tooth, which is perfectly about it makes it's autologist, the patient's own, mm -hmm. you know, perfectly can reu reusable. Okay, and you throw that away, instead you're taking dead bone, dead bone in, in a bottle or a synthetic, mm -hmm. and you're hoping and praying that that's going to work for you, and that's going to somehow work with the biology of the patient, where you just had the tooth that has so many great qualities, and these qualities we've known about for ages, I mean, dentists have been using teeth, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't invent, you know, recycling of extracted teeth, babe. you know, dentists have been... Uh, re-implanting teeth, mm -hmm. they've been transplanting teeth, they've been breaking up uh, teeth with mallets into particulate and using those. So we didn't invent any of that. And there's just so much sign. You know, I counted over 160. I did this work about, you know, a year ago just to see how many studies are out there on just using teeth. I counted over 164 research papers and at that point I just stopped. Hmm. But where we came in is, is the protocol. We wanted to make this as easy and seamless for dentists so they can really start incorporating it into their practice. So things such as the particle size mm -hmm. was one of the you know, major aspects that we had to solve. How you get the same particle size or same range of particle size every time. And then the second thing is how do you bring it back disinfected? How do you get rid of the bacteria and the virus and anything that's actually on top of the mineral? And these are really the things we brought to, to the field. It's a way of getting that done within seven to eight minutes from the time of extraction right, right. until you're ready to place the graft back in. So your dad, you know, your dad had to have one of those Eureka epiphany moments, right? He's sitting in the bath and suddenly he had to say, well, wait a minute, we can do this. How did this all begin for him? Where did this happen? It actually started with a, with, a, with a doctor in Israel called Larry Saposnikov, who has been extracting a lot of teeth and just saw all these teeth that he's taking out and throwing away and started, started to do some research and saw that this can be reused and started thinking about, okay, how can I, you know, build a device that can, that can uh, grind and pulverize those teeth quickly for me and effectively, and he, started, he built that device. But then he needed the research, he needed the mm -hmm. studies, he needed kind of to form a protocol. And that's when he found my, my, my father as the science, you know, the science, the, science, the scientific head behind this. And that's my, my dad's contribution is really the protocol, building up the protocol, the, the solutions, how do we disinfect the graft. They had to adjust and optimize the granule size. And eventually we got to you know, to a, this seven to eight minute protocol that, you know, I've been, I've been talking about. Well, it's interesting. You look at the machine, it looks like a Cuisinart, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's fairly small, very compact. 
and you, you, you know, you, I guess you look at what they do with the autogenous bone. They have to lyophilize it. It's heated. It's this, that, and the other. Then you, they run it through a, a cake roller or whatever the hell they have to do to make it work. And you know, the bone banks and all of the uh, the uh, regulations and whatnot. And all of a sudden, you've got a tooth mm-hmm. that doesn't need FDA approval or Health Canada or whatever it happens to be. You have a tooth. You take it out. You put it back in. Only you just put it back in in a different format. So the process, first of all, the machine, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. literally, we're talking about a Cuisinart, right? You know, you're not really chopping vegetables, but the concept is somewhat similar, I guess. So how did they come up with the actual engineering behind this? You had to design something that would work in seven to eight minutes, be lasting, you know, it didn't have to be fixed every five minutes. So you have something that's extremely durable, you have the solutions. Who, who thought this all up? So uh, two of the founders of Cometa Bio, they are the ones that really designed the, the engineering behind mm-hmm. the unit itself, okay? And the unit, as you said, you know, it had to be durable, it had to be safe, mm-hmm. and it had to provide the, you know, the specifications of the particle size every time. So these are the type of things they, they kind of went through and, you know, went through multiple cycles of development and engineering until we got, and it had to be fast, it had to be quick, it had to be. It had to have a form factor that would fit, you know, fit in r- rightly so in the clinic, and easy to use because mm-hmm. it's being really used by the assistants. In right, most of the cases, right. it's used by the assistants. They love doing it. It's sometimes it's in the operatory, sometimes it's in the back room. So we had to accommodate for all these different um, uh, instances. But then we really spent a lot of time on two things, on getting the protocol right with the liquids, the disinfection process, shrinking it down to seven to eight minutes, and then the science, the science, the sheer science. And really at the science level, this is where we started getting a lot of support from some of the names you and I have talked about. Mm-hmm. And so these are people that really kind of um, uh, grab the concept and understood the concept of using of the, of the properties that Dentin actually has to offer. Right. Uh, such as ankylosis and the containment of BMPs and growth factors all within the tooth structure. And this is why we're getting such great bone regeneration around uh, dentin on top of the particulate. And this is why we're getting slow resorption and turnover and all these great things. And that's why we're achieving beautiful ridges. And the most important thing about it is the predictability. So we were able to bring in people such as, we mentioned some of them, like Isaac Towell, mm-hmm. and Ziv Mazur, Robert Horowitz, Michael Picos, you know, that uh, it, it found this to be uh, perfectly in line with core biological concepts. Well, there's the key, the core biological concepts. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, though, you had to come up with, this, like, you had to eliminate uh, prions and you had to eliminate all this stuff when you were doing the work. You've got this very ugly tooth coming out of the mouth unless you're taking out a pristine third molar you've got a tooth that's been savaged by root canal therapy so there's been bio load in the extreme peripheral penetration of the dent and that kind of thing periodontal disease you've got all these bacteria you've got like a microbiologic soup surrounding this tooth both inside and out so you have to come up with a way of making that render that innocuous eliminate it mm-hmm. ensure that this didn't exist so how did these chemicals come to pass uh, we tested quite a few we tested a whole bunch of um of different types of chemicals and liquids and of course we had to adhere to specific re- regulatory aspects and we came up with 
um, in fact, we came up with a pretty simple uh, solution really? at, the, at the end, you know, which is sodium hydroxide and ethanol. And the whole idea here was we didn't want to uh, we didn't want to uh, diminish the effect of the mineral of the HA, and we didn't want to penetrate into collagen because that's where you have all your all the goodies, you know, the BMPs and the growth factors. So and we and you had to be able to dis you had to you had to be able to disinfect it quickly, you know. So that was. That's how we got to the most, the most efficient and the most effective um, solution. We'll talk about the actual protocol in a minute, but I'm curious, how do you grind it inside? How did you come up with something that would grind it like that? You're talking particle sizes of what? So uh, the, out of the unit, you have, you have these two uh, trays. Right. So we have two, range, two different ranges of, of particles, particle size. The top tray would give you particle size of 300 microns up to 1,200 microns. Okay. And then the bottom tray would give you everything that is smaller than 300 microns. So you can you can pick and choose what you want. You can set the size yeah. if you choose? Uh, yeah, you can send, set the size, it's preset, but okay. in, it's preset to these two ranges of, of particles, particle size. You know? So I'm fascinated though, the actual engineering to take a tooth and like you said, you can stick it in a uh, mortar and a pestle and crack the hell out of it, you just get a ball-peen hammer. But obviously this is a bit more sophisticated. How did they come up with a grinder that would actually create a particle size? 300 microns is like serious business. Uh, how did they come up with uh, something that would actually do that in seven to eight minutes? You're talking, I think that's a phenomenal engineering feat. How'd yeah. that happen? Yeah, well, that's the, that's, that's part, that's part oh, wait, of wait, the, don't the, the wait, secret wait, sauce. Secret sauce, sorry, <laughs> sorry. We're infringing on patents. Okay, let's go down. We're not going down that road. Okay, I'll shut up now. Okay, okay. So you've got two trays. And um, mm -hmm. we, were, we had a talk with uh, Chuck Schwimmer this morning. And, mm -hmm. uh, so you guys were arm wrestling as to what made more sense. Big, small, big, small. Right, that's like right. The historic yeah. story of men. Um, so uh, uh, what, what's your take on it? I know what his was, but what's your take different on the indications, okay. Different indications require a different particle size. We always mostly prefer the larger, the larger ones. The literature typically talks about particle size in the range of 500 and 600 microns being the okay. optimal size. But again, listen, if you're doing contour grafting, you would use smaller particles. If you're doing sinus lifting, you might want to use the larger ones okay. and everything in between. So we think there's a place for all, all of that. But the other thing I'll mention, one of the major uh, uh, engineering aspects that we built into this is this this whole chamber where the tooth is being ground is a single-use chamber ah, okay. so the whole thing is tossed away once you're done because you know we are really following an autologous principle here so we don't have any sort of cross-contamination any any sort of disease transmission so the whole protocol we built it is a single-use uh, kit that you're using, you're grinding the tooth, you're disinfecting it, you're getting everything ready, seven minutes, and then this whole kit just is going to the bin, and you're taking a new sterile one when you're ready for the for your next patient. So the, the, you you mentioned something interesting the other day. I mean, uh, you know, people are very, like they're very conservative about the cost of the graft, so they have 0.5 cc's, one cc. Yeah. They're looking at they're looking at uh, CBCTs and trying to calculate volume and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But you're taking a tooth. Mm -hmm. and you're chopping it down, so there's no actual cost for production short of the machine. 
What type of volume do you get out of a single tube? Yeah, so one of the things we've, we've done is we are trying to democratize, uh, you know, oh, <laughs> democratize grafting, you know, making it cheaper, making it more affordable for, for, for patients and really giving right. them the best option, which is their own biology back. Uh, so uh, from a single tooth, uh, if we only grinding up or processing a single tooth, uh, you would get anywhere between 0.5 cc to 3 cc's of graft. Wow. Well, a third molar would give you roughly about 3 cc's of graft. Yikes. You know, that's enough to, in many cases, to graft the, the entire arch. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's really all you need. So you can you can imagine how much money you're saving. Uh, well, that's an that interesting volume. point. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's mm -hmm. interesting because you always hear the same argument. What goes on in a first world country doesn't necessarily apply to a third world country. I mean, mm -hmm. there may be upper tier groups, but how do you take a third world country that wants to do this. Uh, go to Britain, the NIH, they pay them $15 for a root canal. A file costs 20 So it, it actually offers a uh, an elevated duty of care to patients by having this unit. So, I mean, certainly it, it, it it's a paradigm. It's transformative, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned duty of care. Uh, we, we, you know, I agree with you so, you know, all, wholeheartedly about that. You know, you really want to give your patients the best option they can get. Yeah. And the most predictable ones, you know. Uh, so uh, you want to be able to say to the patient, you know, we're going to graft the ridge, and within three months, we are hoping you'll be ready for an imp for a dental implant. We're going to have enough volume. We're going to have the right dimensions. We have going to have vascular vascularization of the site. That's what you want to be able to stand behind. And with autologous grafting, you're going to get that every time. But to your question about different countries. Mm -hmm. That I'm finding, and I'm traveling all over the world with this, from countries like Nepal that are using this extensively, really. to countries like Germany that are using this extensively, Mexico, and everything in between. And the, just the, the reactions of the patients, you know, the idea behind it. You know, some of them are loving it because, you know, they have um, holistic restrictions, or they've got, uh, they've got uh, religious restrictions. Uh, right, some of them like right. it because they know where it's coming from, exactly. you know, but definitely we're lowering the cost when you're comparing it to other options, to, you know, to... I love it, Nepal. You're going to get the Dalai Lama as a KOL. <laughs> I was there with Nelson, with Professor Pinto, uh, and with, with uh, Dr. Horowitz doing a course in Nepal, which wow. was wonderful. We had about 60 people in the room. And then after that, we went climbing. Yeah, did you? We did. Yeah, did the whole base camp thing. Wow, look at you. We didn't get to the base camp quite, you know. <laughs> we, and that's with Dr. Sushil um, Kerala, uh, wonderful, you know, dentist local right. from Nepal. Just does so much for the community, and, you know. That's outrageous. Yeah, that must be the fun guy. part, eh? Going that hanging out fun. with all that these is, people, getting these people, seeing that them, is the fun where part. they live. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and giving them options. Right. Really giving them options. Right. So protocol, my friend. You have a tooth, okay? You know the. Uh, you take one of um, uh, one of Isaac's frings, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a sieve is sitting there, and you know, yeah, you take Great. a fring, and out it comes. Terrific tools, yeah. yeah out it pops, mm -hmm. and so what do you do with it? So then, the first uh, thing you would do is you would take a high speed burr and just you know kind of clean up the surface of the tooth. If there's endo, you gotta drill the endo. Nicely Don't out. blame us for everything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. uh, you take the decay out as much as you can. The, again, this is just surface stuff, surface cleaning, mechanical cleaning. The heavy lifting is done later on with the liquids. Right. So it doesn't have to be perfect. 
and then you drop it into a uh, into that the the chamber. We call it the, the grinding chamber. That's the, that's the single use chamber, sterile. You grind it up. It takes a few seconds, few seconds, and then the graft that comes out of those trays that you move to a mixing dish where you apply the first liquid, which is the disinfectant, okay, which is what okay. remove all the remaining uh, the remains of the decay, any ligaments. It will eliminate the pulp, the nerve. It will really heavy lift uh, all the bacteria, virus, and anything you know, um, organic, external organic, off this off the surface of the mineral. It will not degrade the mineral. It will not degrade the collagen. So you know, and then we wash it real quick with saline, with buffered saline, and you're ready to go. So again, as I mentioned before, that's about a seven to eight minute process. You also said something I found fascinating. It's sort of like tooth banks, right? You know, like mm. they say that you can take a deciduous tooth, uh, yeah. you got pulp tissue, you got the DNA, the genomes or whatever, and you're going to be able to regenerate teeth from stem cells uh -huh. somewhere down the road. So the implantologist yes. and endodontist are toast, you know, once they, <laughs> once they make that viable. But mm -hmm. you said something interesting. If you don't use all the volume, it's yeah. storable. Yeah, absolutely. you have you have your own dentin bank in your office, kind of. Thing. Yeah, don't us the doctor does. The doctor, yeah. Right? So we actually we actually have two we have two protocols for saving dentin for later use because sometimes what you do is you uh, what you do is you extract and graft, but not necessarily place the implant immediate. You're doing a delayed approach, so sometimes you need more graft when you're placing the implant or anything else in the future. So we have one protocol. Where if you have remaining uh, dentin graft, it's all just dentin graft. We have a protocol for how you dry it and store it, and you can reuse it again throughout the lifetime of the patient. Of wow. course, only for that same patient. It's got to be autologous. Customized graft. Got to be Grow your own. I love it. Yeah, but you can use it in the future. So if the patient comes back even after ten years and still needs some graft, and you you've yeah, got the leftover, just... and it will still be active, which is you know. That's scary. It blew me away when I saw the science. It shows actually shows that. So that's one modality. And another modality that I've seen done many times um, is that you're extracting a few different few teeth, mm -hmm. and you choose to only grind and process, let's say, two of them, because that's going to give you enough gra enough graft for you know to use immediately. But then the third or the fourth tooth that you just extracted. You just keep clean up, clean it up. You're not processing it, but you're just keeping that tooth for that patient, you know. And then the collagen, because it's still a whole, the collagen still active. All the you know the the BMPs that are locked in the collagen keep active. Then when the patient comes back again, five, ten years, it's then when you're going to be so processing crazy. the tooth. So the way, what we're talking about here is dentin autographs and tooth reincarnation. Which, <laughs> way, right? yeah. yeah, that's why you went to Nepal. So I'm gonna. I don't want to step on Snezyana and Mia's toes. This is number four in the series on Sunday, and uh, they're gonna dazzle everybody with that. I don't know how to describe them. I, I met Snezyana yesterday. I, I saw. Her, I met her once, like for two seconds, until everybody took her away. But I watched her last night. She is the Lucille Ball of dentistry. She's hysterical and she's a physical comic. It was really something to watch. You know, she's so, so detailed Oof. and she's so serious about what everything yeah. she does. Yeah. You know, I remember when I just, um, when she first approached us because she was so curious, the amount of questions yeah. and queries and more research and 
I think she went through every single paper that was out there yeah, and wanted to investigate before she started using it. But once she did, she just fell in love with it, you know, because it just was, she, it gave her what she was looking for, predictability, sound biology, yeah. you know, something that she can really count on, you know, for the, this wonderful work that she's doing for patients. So. Oh, we're going to hear about it tomorrow. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm personally I mean, sad to see the two of them go because they are the funny. They're, they're the funniest comedy team they since, are. Jer- since Lewis and Martin. Right? <laughs> so, so thank you for doing this. I we're in the business center at the Marriott. My stomach is rumbling. People are walking by, and I'm sure that the noise quality is not quite studio. But this was great. It was a pleasure not only to meet you but to hear the story. Um, it's uh, it's again it's a reflection of how novel people can be, how innovative, how creative, and something happens in in the context of. Go figure that all you needed was something that small to actually be able to reproduce grafting material. And, and you know, I, I, I feel like dentistry is changing so much. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we are seeing such great, pro- beautiful, amazing products showing up, right. techniques, new techniques. But a lot of them are really uh, concepts that are reincarnated from right. way in the There's past. There's that word again, yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> way in the past, we're taking concepts that a lot of people already be, actually forgot about yeah. and bring them back. But we're bringing them back now with better technology. Yep. We're bringing them back with more control. We've been bringing it back with a lot less risk. You know, uh, that's what we're doing. And I think if we can keep that trend going, I think the profession... And the field of dentistry is going to reach some really interesting places. Well, and, and endodontics is, is nattering about minimally invasive protocols, mm-hmm. but that's true. I mean, they, they are at that level. They may not be using um, instruments anymore. So the mm-hmm. tooth actually can be cleaned out with solutions. Only we're injecting them. You're now cleaning up the tooth with solutions, grinding it down. So again, we are talking about the ultimate biologics, right? It just Absolutely. is what it is, and mm-hmm. preserving is nature as much as you can. So hopefully we'll put the implantologists at the end of on this get it together. We'll put them out of business. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't want to go down that road because nobody will talk to me again. <laughs> Listen, thank you for doing this. It's a treat. It was delightful to meet you uh, and to find out that we actually had the craziest. It's a, it's dentistry is like used to be what six degrees of separation. I think dentistry is like 0.25 degrees of separation. Yeah. it's quite something. So I mean, thank you for this. Um, we're going to go back and meet Miss Naziona. And uh, this was a treat. And yes, we're going to get you to Canada. <laughs> we're going to turn you on to a bunch of endodontists. That's already in process. And uh, yeah, let's get you to Canada. We'll do some courses. Digital Dentistry Society. We'll have to get that cooking up there. And absolutely. Whatnot. Absolutely. I'd love to. I'd this love will be to. a lot of fun. That's yeah. great. So thank you for doing this. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thanks very much, Ken. Thank you. That's it for this Sunday. Next week, Roberto Rossi. I believe I'm going to have the opportunity to speak with Marcus Teutsch, Ernesto Lee, uh, Mark Kwan from Canada. Yes, Canadian, finally. The, with any luck, I was able to corral Henry Salama uh, tomorrow, which is yesterday. And uh, we'll see if he's going to talk to us about the folklore of dentistry during its golden age. Uh, that's it. So we'll see you soon. Stay safe. Stay well, stay healthy, and hug somebody because we all need one. Everyone have a very productive week.